table today. Dr. Henry, you want to take a stab at that? I, I look, I'm going to say what I know. Listen, Pastor Paul Graham uh, is our guest today. We are excited to have Pastor Graham with us today. Many of you uh, have known him from seeing him all over the internet. Um, we did a um, a social media influencers uh, program uh, at the beginning in season one. Pastor Graham was a part of that. Um, he has for several years been the pastor of the um, uh, RPC. That's 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 what the, the, I don't know if I can call it the street name, uh, but that's it. People know it as RPC, the Restoration and Praise Center there in uh, in Maryland. Um, he has just recently within the, what is it, Paul, in three months, four months? Um, three, three months. Three months. Three months taken on a new assignment, and um, we're going to give him just a, a few, uh, uh, about 38.9 seconds to tell us just a little bit about the new assignment, how it's settling in, how it feels, and just to let everybody, because I don't know if everybody knows that yet, Paul. I know there are a lot of folks that know it, but um, that new assignment, talk to us. What is it? Where is it? And how's it feeling so far? Well, um, just uh, two months ago, almost two months ago, October, I uh, had the opportunity, three months, uh, I had the opportunity of accepting a call to be the, uh, as we would say, the ministerial director, but of the North area, of the area. Um, um, well, it's an associate of pastoral ministries for Potomac Conference. And uh, it's been a little bit different, not pastoring, you know, but to be able to coach pastors, uh, to um, hire, um, to be a part of you know, um, growing pastors. Uh, so it's been really, uh, it's not challenging in that sense, like it, like, uh, problematic or anything of that nature, but it is challenging when it comes to, uh, doing new things, uh, taking the pastors to next level uh, to a next level. And so it has definitely been a change, but I believe like there's good trouble, there's good change. <laughs> All right. He, hey, he said it's not challenging it. So all of you that are in the North area there, those of you that are having issues and gripes with your pastors, Pastor Graham's number is 301. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My goodness. Make it more challenging, more challenging. Listen, that's exciting, man. We we are excited for you, and and as you take on this 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 new mantle, we just want you to know here at Pastors Roundtable, we are lifting you up and wishing you well, and we are excited for what God has in store for you in the future in this role. Thank you. All right, you guys ready to jump in? Okay, let's let's make it happen. Let's have a word of prayer. Ah, right there we go. Listen, listen, can I, can I, can I set it just a little bit more, Raj, sure. Th this idea of members being involved, you know, here's the pastor's round table. People hear the term pastor's round table and then they think, you know, a lot of stuff we're going to be talking about is going to be focused on pastors and what pastors can do to, to, to move ministry forward, et cetera. And that's a great topic. And, and we, we do spend some time on that, but here's where it impacts everybody. Um, everybody is called to the, the ministry and, 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 and we believe the New Testament model of the priesthood of all believers in that sense. And so one of the things that we have found is that, and I'll share my experience one more time. When we first started this, the very first weekend right out of the gate that we were not having church in Fort Lauderdale, um, 
I did Friday night Vespers. I fired up my uh, Ecamm and, and Zoom and all that stuff. And I did, Pastor Graham, the opening prayer. I lifted the offering. I welcomed folk. I did the message and I did the benediction on Sabbath morning, Sabbath morning, Sabbath school. Pastor Paul was the superintendent. Pastor Paul welcomed folk. He ushered folk in. He sat him down. I brought people virtual bottles of water. I preached the sermon. I did all, all of that stuff. I did first weekend. I did everything because I did not feel that my members were not uh, accustomed to the virtual space. They barely knew how to get on to Zoom and to, you know all of those things. Um, and, 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 and it bothered me so much that I'm saying, wow, if it's just me and the technology team that is doing everything that can be done, what is everybody else going to do right now? Mm. Have we relegated them to simply be spectators in this virtual space, um, in this ministry, in this pandemic where people are quarantined? Or is there something else that the rest of our people who aren't the tech team, who aren't the pastor, who aren't singing uh, a special music or whatnot, is there stuff for them to do? And so that's part of where we got to this discussion today is that can, and we, we got to explore that, is there ministry that can go forward for the rest of the people who aren't necessarily engaged in producing or participating in the, the worship pieces that we do in the virtual space. So I'm excited to hop into this and see um, what you were seeing, Pastor Graham. And I know we don't have a, the, a normal, a lot of guests today. So I'm actually interested in hearing from both Pastor Wade and Pastor Henry today at, at to see what you guys have experienced. So it might be a little bit elementary, uh, uh, Pastor Graham, but how important do you think it is for members to be personally, individually engaged in ministry right now, as opposed to just sitting back and watching when, when RPC goes live, you know, you sit down, you grab a glass of Kool-Aid, you put on your fuzzy slippers and your curlers and your hat. And is there a way for them to be personally engaged in ministry right now when many of us are still at home? Yeah. Uh one of the things that I believe that, and I think that's a strong question, uh, uh, um, not elementary at all. The reason why I say that is because it is so important that the members are engaged even in the Sabbath uh, worship online. And I'm mm. not just talking about, I'm not talking about offering. You know, many times you listen, they say this, now this is your time. Oh, now yes. it's my time what, to give my money, you know, and that is not... Um, even though it's a part of worship, that's not what we're talking about. Being engaged happens before Sabbath worship. Being engaged happens before you get that countdown and then you're on. Throughout the week, you ought to know or engage people by being able to call out their names of certain uh, things that has happened during the week. Uh, they can also be engaged by asking them to write out a couple of, you know, write out your prayer requests, you know, text out your prayer requests text out who you want to pray for, uh, text out your testimony in a, in, a, in a sentence or two. That is a definite way that people can be engaged in the worship experience. Or more than that, just go on your phones, tell us your testimonies and email it mm -hmm. and we'll pray it. You see where I'm coming from. So there's so many different ways that uh, members can be engaged on Sabbath while the worship service is being on, being online now. I, I share that with you because um, I, 
I do believe that this is an era and a time of laziness. And um, we as pastors need to be very mindful and careful that, that this is not a spectator sport, but that there's gotta be a level of involvement. So more things can be done, which I'm hoping that we can get deeper into as we move forward. Yeah, I, I, just, just to piggyback on that, um, you know, especially if you've been around Adventism for a while, it, it is something where members are engaged. There are, there are members that are engaged, even before the mm -hmm. pandemic. Members were engaged in, in gathering. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. <laughs> engaged in, in gathering. We were engaged in, in uh, going door to door, um, cull portering. We were engaged in sharing the gospel in so many ways. Nowadays, uh, before COVID, the pandemic, the youth uh, rose up and became more involved in um, quote unquote compassion ministry and they were engaged oh, yeah. in that way. And so there was a lot of engagement happening and then the pandemic happened. Um, did those engaged people just disappear? I want to share this with you, uh, Pastor Raj. One of the issues that I have is that we as pastors need to remember who has been engaged all along and deploy them. Mm. Um, um, you, you know, one of the things that we are as pastors, we're captains of the ship and we shouldn't be ashamed of saying that we're captains of the ship. We should not be ashamed to say, you know, that this is the direction that we're going into without the crew. <laughs> you understand where I'm coming from? And I think so, so what has happened so often in our ministries is that we spend a lot of time taking votes from people who were never engaged. You see where I'm coming from? Mm. And so when, when things like this happen, uh, you end up speaking for those that the, the pandemic uh, has become a time of convenience. You see where I'm coming from? And then the whole church then sides with the outcome of convenience more than the outcome of worship or involvement. So I love what you said, man. We've been doing this a long time ago. But, uh, you know, uh, these, especially these millennials, millennials want to get work done. They want to do things. But then I realize that what we don't do as pastors, what we ought to do is still deploy, man. Get everyone going. If someone is, was doing family life ministries, you, you got to get on them. Hey, what can we do during this time? Youth, what can we do during this time? Going to the different auxiliaries to keep them engaged and to put them in the forefront of ministry, uh, um, they don't always have to hear from us, you know, every Sabbath. They need to hear from our auxiliaries. Uh -huh. Hey, listen, can can we, so we, we keep throwing this word around and I want to make sure if, if it may, maybe it might need a little bit of more depth and, and breath. When we say engage, um, there are some people who show up to church and they say, I mean, they, they log into the Zoom or, or they, they pull up the, the YouTube channel and they say, look, I'm here. That means I'm engaged. I watched the program. Don't, what, what more do you want from me? Um, <laughs> so when we say engaged, there are some people are saying, yeah, I showed up. That means that shows I'm engaged. So when we say engaged, are we, what exactly are we meaning? Is that enough? Are we wanting more? How would we define that thing about being engaged? Um, are we well, asking? You know I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. This is one of you know. You, you, this is one of my favorite subjects. You, you know. <laughs> you know. So I am. I'm biting and chomping at the bits. I, I. I know we end at a certain time, but I can keep going on this. Um, there. There is a gentleman, 
uh, named Jared, uh, who was one of my associate pastors. He was supposed to speak only on first Sabbaths. Okay. What he did is what I believe needs to be happening now um, uh, is that although he's not pastoring a church right now, he has a wonderful ministry that, that we pushed off called uh, Water for the Thirsty. In this, what he always did, which I bit off of, straight off, was that he would send out what he's speaking about. And those who want to download it can download it so that when he's speaking about it, you can follow it. You can print it out and follow it. You see where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. And so I think that in this time, maybe once a month, uh, Dion, once a month, Pastor Paul, you know, uh, guys who are pastoring churches can move from the norm of preaching and get into teaching where everyone can be involved by, hey, everyone, pick up your pens, pick up your paper, pick up your papers. We're going to go through this together. Let's look at these 10 points and let's do this together. That is the way that you can engage your church. You see where I'm coming from? And and another way of engaging your church is also if you're going to be doing a Zoom, let's take some things out of the hand of the elders, you know, put it in the hands of the pew, pew, pew members where it's the pew members that are reading the scripture. It's the family that's sitting there that's doing the special music and not having to pay for someone to do it. Y'all ain't hearing me yet. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm hearing you, but but I'm having a problem because that ain't church, man. That's not what I was. That's not what I was told. Church is not that. <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I I like that because you're challenging everyone at this point with that uh, doc. That um, what what was church before was probably not church. Mm. Oh, Pro probably ooh, what ooh. we're doing now is church. Wow. You see where I'm coming from? Um, and so, you know, I think God has turned the tables in such a way that when we get back to congregational worship, that it will look a lot like the New Testament and not a lot like Catholicism. Mm. You know, oh. Ooh. you know, it's a word on us. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Don't be sorry, but can't okay. be sorry for the truth. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, I, I love, you know, my brother teased me the other day, Pat teased me the other day because I kept saying our, we, us, as it related to Restoration Prey Center. Um, there's so many people that are doing so many great things, but we don't know about it because they, they still have a club like mentality where the Zoom is only for them. You see where I'm coming from? And, and so um, I do believe that anyone who's doing worship um, in a Zoom should have their Zoom put out there so that people can be comfortable in which service they can engage in. You see where I'm coming from? And, um, um, and so, so many times we look at church as the opening song, the uh um <laughs> i'm gonna put it this way the offering the tithe the children's story i declare to you right now if you have something for the children on tuesdays and thursday you don't need a children's story wow uh oh uh oh there's another you shot <laughs> you don't you don't need a children's story um um if you uh, you know what what our church needs right now on a given sabbath is that preached word, it's that testimony time, 
and we do congregational singing. Him so and so, and while it's playing, you sing it where you are, or ponder the words where you are. But a lot of the things that we do in church, um, we add on so that you can get the feel of church when you really don't need to do that. It, the most important thing about engagement is not Sabbath. It's still throughout the week. Wow. It's still throughout the week. Wow. Can, I, can I throw this in here, uh, Roger? And, and, and Paula, you know, uh, I remember pastoring uh, at a church and um, we, we did like a special weekend. And that special weekend, it was a special format for the day. And there was no children's story, children's thing in that film. But it was intended just to be for that day. The, the next Sabbath, it was inadvertently not put in the program, not on purpose, wasn't my call or anything like that. It was inadvertently not put in. And so we didn't have it now two weeks in a row. Third week came along. Nobody was prepared to do it or, or, or to teach it. So it didn't happen the third week. And, and now we get to the fourth week. Pastor Paul hates children. He doesn't like the children in this church. I'm losing <laughs> going somewhere else because children's story has to be a part of, of the church and the pastor doesn't like children. And so, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That, and that idea of, of set liturgies that we have being the thing that defines who we are and what we do. Um, yeah, there's a whole lot of issue with that in so many of our churches that if it doesn't hit every tick, every mark that we've been doing at the time, at the place and the way since 1956, then, then it ain't church. Um, and, and those are some things that have stymied and, and hurt us so bad along the way, because while the people who have been in the church since 1956, it bothers them and it misses them. But the people, the rest of the people that we are trying to get into the church, they don't care. Hey, listen, my, my niece, this morning, we did communion at my old church, uh, Raj, at Bethel, where I grew up, Raj, where you pastored for some time, Raj. Mm -hmm. And um, my niece was there with us. I left my house and went down to my, my mother-in-law's home who, who just moved here and we were doing communion. It was a special, it was very special, but right after she got up and she said, my, my niece, I think she's 20. She said, um, can I be excused? My church is starting right now. Hmm. I'm like, I'm like, wait a second. What are you talking about? Your church is starting right now. Which church are you talking about? And she's like, well, since the pandemic and think, you know, uh, Trey Hayden's son, who's at Pastor Hayden's son, who, who's at Oakwood, started a fellowship online. And if my niece says to me around the communion table when she's finished, I need to go to my church right now, then can you imagine the words that she used that she's got to go to her church, which is not under a conference, that is not in a building, that is not in the, you know, she defined church. And if I'm in a, if, you know, and, and when she defined church, she defined it in the mindset of I'm fellowshipping, I'm going to get a word, I'm going to see people online, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I ended my week this way, and I'm starting my week this way. And I was just like, okay, she defined church just now. And I think it's really important that, um, you know, uh, that we recognize what people are looking for and what God expects from us. 
I like what you said, uh, uh, Pastor Paul. I, I love it what you said that these people from the fifties and sixties they want things to be the same way. Hey, man, the the devil the devil is trying to sift us like wheat. And so in this pandemic, there's a sifting taking place. And I believe that God is waiting to see what happens when the church doors are open and our hearts may not be. Mm. You know? Wow. Let me, yeah, let, me, question, Paul. let me ask you a question, Paul. Um, yes, and, and I'm still trying to work through this echo thing on my, on my side. Hopefully you sound good to us. You sound good sound to great. us. You're good. You're good. Okay. I think you fixed okay, it. Good. All right. Well, hopefully. But listen, uh, during this COVID-19, right? I mean, we're doing ministry differently. Um, some ministries, I mean, I mean, you know, the whole roster that we have nominating committee meets, and then there's a whole lot of positions that people want you to fill, but some positions are not really relevant. Um, in your experience, I, and I'm not going to ask you to call out some positions that are not really relevant now, but the, did you see that there's some positions that we had or that we have in our church manual that really during COVID-19 and it, it really didn't have any relevance, like they need to do something different so that ministry can still happen, but they can't do it the same way. Um, Rod, you made a comment, and then I'm going to go back to what you said, uh, 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 Pastor Henry. You made a comment that there's certain things, and I'm not going to be ashamed of saying this, that I was doing things differently. I'm, it's okay to say this, that I was doing things differently so that when the pandemic came, we knew exactly what where we were going. And I'm sharing this with you simply because um, there's a guy that pastored with me who is now the interim pastor at Restoration. His name is Kelvin Mitchell. Kelvin Mitchell, when I came up with this idea, he's the one that put this whole thing in place. There is no church at Restoration. There's, there are no offices or ministries that we had in there just because we've been doing it. Other churches have been doing it. If you're not relevant, you're not used. Mm. Are you understand where I'm coming from? And what he would do is to make sure that if if the sports ministry is not up to par, then you're not going to be on this year. Are you understand where I'm coming from? And so uh, I really, you know, if, if anyone is in the chat room or anything, you want and you want to um, uh, what do you call it, tag him or ask Kelvin Mitchell about that style of checking ministries. That's what needs to be happening now. During COVID, there are some ministries that does not make sense for the time that we're living in right now. And 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 let's give some examples. Let's let's give some true examples. Um, you know. Go on and say it. I know your heart hurting you. Go on and say it. Teach, 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 teach us, man. Teach us. Um, we, 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 need, we need to be mindful that this highlights if the deacons are really deacons and if the deaconesses are really deaconesses. Mm. If we've been using the deacon and deaconess to close up church and open up church and there's no need for a key, what do they do now? Wow. Yeah. Okay? yeah. And one of the things that we were doing at one particular time that even millennials were not ready for was that the teaching of the Sabbath school lessons were happening by the deaconos, the deacons. Deacons are teachers. Um, you know, and so what I found is that deacons were furniture movers and now there's no furniture to be moved. That's <laughs> what happens. What happens now? And so I'm given an idea that I would put out there that your deacons will do well as grow group leaders. 
even if you even if you know don't, don't believe those to the elders you know we keep saying the elders need to do this bible study with this group and this group and this group no the deacons need to be with that group that's in that part of that that's in that part of florida uh, you know and that group in florida and that group's in florida the, the elders need to be the advisors to the pastor you see where i'm coming from so you, you see, you know, we're the praying group of the church. We are the we are the deploying of the church. But the deacons, if they're not opening doors, what are they doing? So uh, and even the deaconess, you know, mm-hmm. so that was a high office that I want to use a- as an example. Oh, you understand where I'm coming from? But um, if my church before was very, very much on point with grow groups, then the pandemic would have been a joy. Mm-hmm. You see where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. We have 22 yeah. different groups in our church that comprises all of the church. And people were asking, well, you know what? I'm an introvert. Why would I want to be with a group? But you would see that the strongest people at Restoration Praise Center right now, the strongest people at Beltsfield Church right now, I'm calling churches in this area, the strongest people at Seabrook, Seabrook Church right now, senior pastor Damian Johnson, they are the ones that are strong because during the pandemic, they're still they're still together like house churches in Acts. Mm. You see where I'm coming from. Mm. So one of the things that I've learned from uh, Pastor Kelvin Mitchell is that we as a church during the pandemic now, this is what he talked about 11 years ago. Now it is important for us to gather. I'm sorry. It's not important for us to gather. It's important for us to scatter. Mm. See, now God has has put us in a place where uh um what is it called again that social media causes us to scatter that's why there should be no zoom closed rooms mm. you know mm. you, you know mm. i i i need to say that uh when you were talking about the deacons taking a more leadership role in church i remember when i introduced the idea of a deacon um reading the scripture during communion no and it came from the deacons the deacons themselves were like pastor you really want me to do this Uh, i i I, I, i'm not sure you know sometimes even our members that you want to to um to 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 help them to see a new thing they themselves hold themselves back uh-huh 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 you know i'm sorry i'm sorry no i'm so so during COVID-19, is it easier for members to get involved or for the average member to get involved? Or is it more difficult given that positions have to change? What they what they thought was their duty now, you know, they used to open up the door. They enjoyed opening up the door, but now they, they're not opening up the door, right? So is, is it easier, just based on your uh, purview, is it easier for members, the average member, to get involved in ministry right now? Or do you think it's harder? Um. It's easier, but convenience makes it harder. Laziness makes it harder, but it's more convenient. Um, one of the things, uh, uh, Dion, uh, you're passionate in Altamont Springs. Let me just give an idea, okay? Um, you're a pastor. Do you have a, do you have a second? Do you have a, a, an AP? Do you have an assistant pastor? No. Okay. Uh, here's an idea. One of the things that I did when I was pastoring is that every Thursday, every Thursday, I did a closed Zoom. I gave it to all of my members. That is your moment for meeting with me. Anybody can meet with me every Thursday, one hour, seven to eight o'clock. That's it. You see where I'm coming from. Dion, I, I, I guarantee it, you, 
and uh, Pastor Paul, if you said to your church members, hey, I'm available from seven to eight on Zoom. I just want to see you. I just want to I just want to just a fellowship with you. You would find more people coming on there. You know why? Because there's no special prayer. There's no music. There's no songs or whatever. They're just with their pastor. That is it. And you know, it is easier, D. It's easier yeah. to see your past, um, to, to see your members during this time than to have to go to that house, that house, that house, that house, that house, that house. You, you see where I'm coming from? That's what I mean by easier. You understand where I'm coming from? Now look at your members. It is easier for your members to do something. Every church, uh, 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 Pastor Paul, what, what's the name of your church, if you don't mind? New Hope. Okay. If New Hope has an email, there should be an email that says um, missing at New Hope. Mm. Okay. Every church ought to have this so that if you as a member have not seen someone, have not heard from them or whatever, you just put their names in, send it to the elders or send it to the ministry leaders that says missing at New Hope dot so and so whatever. And it will go to all your people to say, I need to get in touch with this person. I need to get in touch with that person. Everyone has an opportunity to do some type of work, some type of something, which is safe during the during this time. That's just an example. You see where I'm coming from. But one of the things I think that we need to be really careful of is to become, as pastors, to become lethargic also. Uh, you know, it's easy for us to become lethargic. And we have six days or let's say we have three days to really plan out what we want to do and how we want to do it. Um, um, the rate of the church is as the rate of its leader, mm. the rate of a country right. is as the rate of a leader. Like I can, I can admit my first seven years at RPC was much different than my last five years. Um, and I'm saying this because I went along with a lot of what people wanted in my last five years. In the first seven years, it was it was a joy to be the captain of the ship. Oh, you understand where I'm coming from? And everyone looks to the captain of the ship. Uh, uh, so I'm not blaming the church for taking a lull. I'm blaming myself as the senior pastor, the, the, the one that God put in charge to say, now that there's a pandemic, what are you going to do? You see where I'm coming from? Not what the deacons are going to do, not what the elders are going to do. What are you going to do? And I want to share this with every pastor that's listening. And I'm hoping that every member is understanding this, that if you're not lifting up the hand of the pastor, you're in the way. Um, if you don't agree with the pastor and you don't come to the pastor and speak with the pastor, you are in the way. A good pastor is thinking about this pandemic every day and what to do. You're thinking about what you need to do at your job. And the one day that you come in to be an advisor, you want to be the chief. And I want to be clear that I've always told all of my associate pastors that when people come in and they try to steer the ship in another direction, they forgot that you've been thinking about this for seven days. Hmm. And so in the pandemic, each leader, whether you're a pastor or whether, you're a, or, or whether you are a ministry leader, need to devote time to how we're gonna get this thing done during the pandemic. 
Listen, I, if I can, I, I want to back up just a little bit because I want to I want to toss this at, at at Paul. You mentioned something in that in that first segment about being being involved, and um, we tried something when we were talking about liturgy and, and some of the format. And I I want to bounce something off you and and our audience today. And, and Dr. Henry and and Pastor Wade, you you were a part of this for me about a month ago. Um, I decided I was going to, I put a, I put a, a, a flyer out that said, um, my sermon this Sabbath is going to be nine minutes and 57 seconds. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Something like that. Um, and, and I said, I'm preaching the first part of the sermon. I need you to come into our Zoom room. I put this out on Facebook and help me preach the second part. So I preached my prophetic nine minutes and 57 seconds, um, probably was closer to about 12 minutes or so. Um, and it was on this text about the, the, uh, what was it? The, um, um, oh, I'm trying to remember the text now. Any, in any case, I preached the first part of the sermon and then I invited people in and then we did breakouts where they took where I started with the sermon. And then in three different breakout rooms, they all had an assignment to kind of digest that, chew that and come up with something and then come back at the end. We took that and we translated that concept in December into an evangelistic concept context. Initially, that was just used with my church. But now in an evangelistic series, I had speakers. We had the speakers come in during the Christmas season, the Christmas week, and they were to preach for about 20 minutes. After 20 minutes, I had a panel of pastors that for about four or five minutes, we kind of dissected that sermon again. And then we put those pastors facilitating different breakout rooms where the people could now come in and digest that theological doctrinal topic just a little bit more. And what we found was, is that the people were like, Pastor, why haven't we been doing this all along? This is stuff that we could have been doing from the beginning. And I know Dr. Henry and Pastor Wade, you guys you guys facilitated that first night with me. And I'm curious, when we talk about member involvement and engagement, what was your takeaway from that? And Pastor Graham, what's your, what's your take on that concept? I, I would quickly say that the takeaway was a good takeaway. It, it seemed as if the 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 sermon came right into the pew, and mm -hmm. um, the members we were able to dissect it. We were able to to take the piece that was juicy, and we we chewed on it some more, and, and it, it became it became it it like we we owned it. And I thought it was a great concept. Um, I have to be honest, when I first listened to it, my, my conservative church side is like, well, that's not church. <laughs> that's not how it's supposed to be. But I have to be honest with you, um, I, COVID has pushed me that, that that kind of engagement does have merit and does bring us closer to a New Testament model. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with Raj um, that is pushing us. You know, when you did that, uh, Pastor Paul, and we went to those breakout rooms, you know, it, it, I, I discovered that we were actually bringing, watch this, 
Sabbath lunch, you know, because it's Sabbath lunch, you know, they talk about our sermons sometimes, right? <laughs> whether it was good or whether it was bad, they're talking about. So we were bringing Sabbath lunch every every night when you were doing that revival, and to get people to get more into the Word, more into that that um, uh, the sermon, and, and deviate a little bit and go into more of those scriptures. It was really a good Bible study. You know, it's kind of like you're preaching, you have somebody preach. And then after the sermon, you're like, okay, listen, let's talk about this. Let's have a Bible study. And we're opening up. So I think it was really engaging. In fact, that inspired me because that's something that I want to do in my church as well. Where we have these, we, you know, we have breakout rooms. We, you know, do different things with it. But to have that aspect to go deeper into the word and then to come back together, I think is phenomenal. Um, I think COVID-19 as you said, uh, Pastor Wade, it has pushed us. It has pushed us. And I, I want Pastor Paul a chance to speak, but let me tell you something. It has pushed us financially, okay? I mean, you have to get, you know, your gear together. And so you got, it, it has pushed us to collaborate with people. I mean, before in ministry, I mean, you would talk to a few folk, you know, talk to a few of your pastoral friends. But but now in COVID-19, you're online, you see somebody doing stuff, you, you call them up. You ask them how they're doing and you're collaborating in ministry with them. So I think it's it's making us a bigger community, a community that is helping each other. Um, so that's my takeaway from what you did, Pastor Paul, and just from our dialogue today. Um, it, it, it's, it's very different when you pastor a, a millennial church, hmm. um, which I probably would never do again. <laughs> I would probably never sit, sit, sit. I would probably never want to pastor a millennial church again. And the reason why I say that is because I was not ready for what they needed. I'm, you, you understand where I'm coming from? Um, or I had to conform a lot to what they, where they needed. And, uh, and Pastor Paul, what, what I mean by that, and I say that respectfully, not that I would, that I had a problem with, that they had a problem with me, is that I came from a very conservative background that when you did what you did, uh, Pastor Paul, was like, he's got to be out of his mind. What, <laughs> you know, what are you doing? Come to find out that when the ideas of younger elders said, hey, let's do this. Let's let's really do this. Um, we've got to shake it up a little bit because now we're reaching all generations. At one point, we were not reaching the gen generation Generation Z, and we still have problems reaching uh, gen, uh, gen Z right now, even while we're online. Uh, you, you know, we're still not reaching them because we're still playing the same music. Our transitions, young people want to see the transitions from one person to another person come out right. You understand where I'm coming from? Um, they want something that looks beautiful, that looks a certain way to them. Like I give an example, Tiffany, who's my, I will say is my cousin. Uh, just said the background of people walking is a bit distracting. Just stay with me. Just I'm giving you an example. We, we're talking live right now, right? Um, mm -hmm. Tiffany is in her 40s, okay? Um, I'm just saying, she's in her 40s. You're in I trouble just, now. No, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. She, she, she mad my god brother. Just stay with me. <laughs> she, she's, a, she's a grandmother now too, okay? So, you know, so she got a lot of, she got a lot of, uh, what do you call it again? Anyhow, she got a lot of, uh, anyhow. So she said it's a little bit distracting. Now, when I looked at it and I was like, mm, okay. But my kid, 
will look at this and be like, yeah, that's hot right there. Oh, you understand where I'm coming from? I'm, I'm just yeah. being straight with you. Um, my niece would be like, yo, I can dig this. I like the way this is done, so-and-so, whatever, while we think it's busy. Oh, you understand where I'm coming from? Let me tell you why. Because for us, ch church can't be busy. It's got to be one way or it's got to be a certain way. And I'm not saying Tiff is wrong, but what I'm saying is that I put my, my preference on what church should be and what God is saying right now is, I tell you what, with this pandemic, I want Pastor Paul to, 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 to flip it on him. I want Pastor Dion to flip it on him. And when people come back and say, what are you doing? We've got to be so sure of what we're doing that we're saying, I heard God. Mm. I heard God. And that's it. Oh, you understand where I'm coming from? This is a great time for us as pastors to be so in tune with God during this time that we're not questioned on our leadership. You see where I'm coming from? If there's any time now that the people are looking for leadership from their pastors, it's now. You see, you understand where I'm coming from? And so here's the, here's the, the issue. Paul, what, if, what you did you can if you been if you were doing that five years ago, you probably would have had like crazy millennials in your church, and the older folk could have been like, "Yo, I'm out." Probably so, but the truth of the matter is, what you did was bend for God. You understand where I'm coming from, and what God is forcing us to do at the the, the true church is to bend for God. Mm -hmm. Here's what's interesting. A few months ago, we did a a series on what what, what was the the um, that last series? The builders. Yes, the builders. We, we did a generation series, and when we think to that builder generation, that they came on here in Pastors Roundtable and they told us, they said, look, some of the same stuff that is boring the heck out of our millennials is boring the heck out of us too. That we. <laughs> We come to church. Um, um, uh, Herb Doggett said, we come to church and drive home and ask, what were we doing there? Why did we even show up today? It was a great sermon. It wasn't, you know, bad theology. But in the end, it was just kind of frustrating in terms of what difference did it make? What transformation took place? How is that going to impact my, my, my week uh, or anybody else that was there? And, uh, and I'll admit, I was scared to do that format there. But here's, here's, here's what I, I wanted to, is that it was my builders that were the ones saying, Pastor, this was great. Pastor, we should do this more often. What about my millennials? How do I how do I reach them? Because maybe this this wasn't even that enough for them. But um, but yeah, I, it's 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 the engaging part um, for our members. And I guess I'm also wondering as, as for how does that engage even seekers for in an evangelistic context? Somebody who's not a part of the church. Typically, what we do is they we 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 create events for them to come sit, watch, listen and either respond to the appeal or go home. And there's no relational, uh, there's no intentional relational element outside of potluck, um, uh, if we even have that, 
for people to really get in and to get to know each other. And for me, um, there are some of these elements that whether or not people get the doctrinal point or not, that's secondary to the relational aspect that takes place when people are in small groups and they get to know each other and get to build some relationships that can exist beyond the event. Can, can I offer a suggestion? Offer a suggestion. Please. There are, there are great uh, movies or or even, um, um, you know, like a 10, 15-minute show that you can put on. It doesn't even have to be spiritual. Imagine you're watching, I'm just saying, you're watching a, a sitcom and you saw something spiritual in it and you sent it to your church to watch on YouTube. I, I, but that will be your discussion for, for Wednesday night prayer meeting or on Thursday we're meeting after pastor's time and you know, or what have you. This is what helps our generation today. It's, it's bridging the gap between reality yeah. and spirituality. And um, like I give an example, I, I you know I don't I was watching something that uh, called Bridgerton uh, that was on Netflix. I saw it because everybody was talking about it online, and I don't usually binge watch or anything. So I took maybe you know a week to watch. I'm not saying people should watch it because even though it's a great plot, there's a lot of sex sexual scenes in it. But amazingly, between husband and wife. So if you want to be married and watch it, I get it. But it's between husband and wife. I just want to stay with you. Stay with me. Um, as I watched it, I, I I felt that I was learning so much about love, you know, and the plot. And there was no killing and this, that involved. It was a love story. Do you understand where I'm coming from? But someone wrote on my page and basically said, um, that's not something you should be watching because it's soft porn. Now, they told me this after I saw the first episode. So I didn't even get to the fifth or sixth episode yet when they started making love. So I was just like, are you kidding me? Are you understand, you understand where I'm coming from? And it, it, it made me say, wow, you took something that I put out there and you stepped on it before asking me, how did I feel about it? Are you understand where I'm coming from? Um, I feel that a lot of times our generate our Z's and our millennials are stepping into something like church, Bridgerton, like watching this thing. But we hit them. Our conservatism, or I would say the things that we like, and we kill the very prospects of of them learning more or them going deeper into it. What I'm saying is that. If I had listened to the person, I would not have gone deeper in watching the other the other parts of the series. And we have to plan for gener generational Zs and um, and millennials to be more active, such as if this did not work, and I'm going to be very open about this. I said every fourth Sabbath, the youth should be taking over all of the online worship experience. I shouldn't be doing nothing. I should be sitting down and watching this thing. I, I, I got kicked back from that. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Because it was told to me that the youth wanted to have their own thing. I, I think that, I think that 
if churches will allow their youth to take over what we have been doing for the longest time, we can learn. And I felt like we missed the learning opportunity. And so many churches today are not only missing the learning opportunity, but we're also missing the time to, 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 uh, to, to, to glean from others. You know, let them pastor us for that day. You understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. So during COVID, it gives the other generation to lead also and learn. So that's, a, I think, segue, Roger, into, into that next question, which was, and I think we, we, we kind of picked it up a little bit there, but what are some of the things that perhaps that we do that keep ministers, uh, that rather that keep members from being involved in ministry? There are some obstacles that we place in front of our people that keep them from having either the desire or the resources to engage ministry. And then what, what role has COVID, has, has COVID had any impact on that? And I, I, I know we got three preachers here. I'd throw that from, from to, out to, to any of the three of you. Um, if you have seen that, what are some of the obstacles that we throw or, or that keep members from being engaged in ministry? And, and what kind of impact has COVID-19 had on those obstacles? Let, let me jump in. I think the committee, I think um, sometimes we have these layers and, and yes, we do need to have some type of, uh, you know, we, we need to know what's happening. Right. We, we don't want people just to do stuff and we don't know what's happening, because then if people ask us what's going on and we don't know, then it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sit well. You're the leader. You should know what's happening. But I think that we have so many layers, you know, for people to get involved. Sometimes it is a hindrance, man. If I have to, you know, I, I present a plan to this committee, then I got to wait for another committee then I got to wait for another. I mean, that's a hindrance. I just want to do ministry and I could just go right around the street and, you know, I could do something myself right now, COVID-19 have my online ministry and say, forget it, you know, forget you all, you know? So, so I think committees is a major, major hindrance. Um, I think one thing is I, and, and pastor um, Graham, you brought this up earlier and I, it was a great point. Laziness. Now we talk about some of the pastors, right? Um, time to sit back, you know, that thing. And, and it's hard to do that now because, you know, we we have still goals. We have some things we need to do. So it's kind of harder to be lit, but there's still that degree of laziness. But there's also, you know, some people in the pew that are like, look, um, I'm just, you know, I'm not really going to, I'm just going to look online when I can. You know, I'm going to go somewhere other places. And and when you have that going on, the lethargy, lethargic um, individuals in your church, then it is easy for them, I think, to, to, to take a step back and say, hey, listen, and, and especially if you don't have a plan to call people, you know, if you're not calling mm. people, <laughs> if you're not connected with folk, then that is another area or obstacle for people to be engaged. Dr. So I, you Dr. Know, Henry, one of, our, one of our viewers today, so Sophie or Sophia, she asked this question. What happens when you have not heard from your church leaders in eight months? Yeah. Mercy. I, you know, so when you talk about, and I don't want to say that pastors are lazy. I mean, I think pastors are hardworking people, but I, I, I think the I think COVID or the pandemic caught them off guard, caught them with their pants down. But yet still, it's been eight to nine months now, and um, 
at, at least have pajama, but at least have pajama pants under. And, what, and the reason why I say it, at least listen, we've been pastors. We've we've all had our. I'm not going to say low moments. Sometimes in a in a month, in a month time, there's probably three, four days, five days. You don't want to do nothing. I mean, I'm just telling you right now that that you know we have that. But the truth of the matter is, we don't want to be caught. And I like I like that analogy. We don't want to be caught exposed so to speak so put some some put some better briefs on and the reason why i say that is because some of the some of the issues that we have is that we do have lazy pastors i know this is pastors roundtable but this is also i've i've watched you guys many a times where this this outlet right here has been a place of accountability okay if this this show here has been a place of accountability it is okay to not let the people and our members feel like we don't get tired. We don't have approval addiction. You know, we don't know what to do next. We're human. Um, So, but I do want to make this clear that many of us as pastors feel a certain way when we see that Dr. Dion's church is pulling 80 something people on a Sabbath on Facebook and my, I only have two people only have three people. And that makes you kind of feel like whatever I'm doing is not significant because I don't have a lot of people on there. And one of the things that we've got to be very, very careful of is like when I look at Oakwood University Church and uh, Pastor Bird is speaking and he's got like 1,200 people on. And then I'm doing something and I have like 100 something people on. And then I look at another church that I love so dearly and I look and they have like eight people on. We are still giving, we're still spreading the message no matter what. But if you have eight people on because you didn't do your work during the week, that's a problem. Mm. Are you understand where I'm coming from? If you have eight people on because you have not put out to non-Christian folks, I'm I'm sorry, non-church going folks that this is what you're doing because your folks are not sending texts to others that this is what my pastor is doing. If you notice Sunday church people, it can have, they can have a tiny church. They have a, a long list of, of people that are watching. And let me tell you why. Because they're not in competition with anyone. They are Their work throughout the week is that they're sending this, uh, um, this link to all of their friends. It's on all of their Facebook pages. They're sending out to everyone. Their job for the week is to make sure 25 of my friends are going to be there. We don't do that in the Adventist church. You see where I'm coming from? The link is put up when? On Friday. You understand where I'm coming from? You know, we don't do the pre-work before then. And our members are waiting to do this instead of saying, today, who are my new 25 people? Which is easier than calling someone or going door door to door. You see where I'm coming from? So I think that uh, if our pastors would push our people to be like Glenard and Baptist Church, you know, to share. When Dion is speaking at his church, the people at Altamont Springs need to be sharing this with 10, 15 people. There should be more people. They, you know, that's your, that's your uh, um, pandemic duty. Your pandemic duty is to share what your pastor is talking about. You see where I'm coming from. But we don't put an emphasis on sharing. We put an emphasis on you as a member being there. And and that's not the gospel. There's a gospel in sharing 
the the message. Please, if you don't mind, let's take for instance of uh, Dr. Paul. Let's take to, uh, take for instance Dr. Dion. Every Sabbath, and I'm telling this to everyone who's listening. We there's no competition between Anselm Paul's Church and Restoration Praise Center. This should be a flyer going out to say uh, um, New Hope in Florida and Restoration and uh, Altamont Springs and so-and-so church in Texas, Easter Standard Time, will be worshiping together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's nothing going to get in the way. What's going to get in the way? You're not traveling anywhere. (laughs) Yep. Can you imagine the amount of people that's going to be in one place? What would happen? Somebody, you put your face up there, then afterwards you just leave time to just chat with everyone, go into a room where everyone's chatting. You might find your husband there. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that helped somebody today. Somebody got help today. I like what you said, Pastor Paul. Pandemic duty. My goodness. It's your pandemic that, duty that. to share. That will ride, but I like I like that pandemic duty. <laughs> there's a sister on right now. There's a sister on right now. I'm gonna call her name because I bother her all the time. You know, she's in a she's in a, a certain relationship, and I always bother her. And I and I say, you know, would you ever get married again? Would you ever so and so again, or, or whatever? She knows who, who I'm talking about. This is a person that deals with sex trafficking. One of the things that we keep doing is we need to be relevant. I, I, I love what you guys talk about. It's about being relevant, being real. But we, but we as pastors are not resourced. Mm. Are you understand where I'm coming from? Mm. And when you take people in the membership to come to the forefront to talk about certain things, it puts your ministry on a pedestal because it's not about the pastor. It's about the people. And I think that in COVID, God is teaching us again for our members to become spiritual leaders. That's that's what I, I honestly believe that, you know. What I might do is go back and, and watch this again and take down notes and just put out a, a ebook or something, you know. Yeah, this is good stuff, yeah. Great. Listen, all right, let, let's, uh, can, let's, let's uh, where our time is getting away from us, um, let's, let's do this number four, what, what's, what would do you say to those members who they who say they will support ministry that is happening, but they really aren't interested in being involved? So they'll say, I'll support it, um, but you go ahead and do all the work. So we're talking about members being involved or being engaged in ministry. Every now and then, everybody who's pastored, everybody who's been a ministry leader, who you've asked somebody to help or to be a part of the team, you've heard something like that. I'll support you but I don't want to be on the team. I don't want to show up to meetings. I don't want to be involved in the intricacies behind the scenes. What do you say? What do you say to those members who say they'll support it, but they aren't really that interested in being involved? It's a cop out. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not going to, um, I can say this right now because I'm not at a church. All right. It's a cop out. God is God is not looking for half-baked workers. Um, that is the very example of the few. I had an argument with this young lady in in England. Many are called, but few are chosen, or, or something of that nature. I think it's you try you limit God 
based on saying I'll be in the background and watch, but I'll, but I will support you. I don't need, I don't need your support. God needs your, God needs you at work. That's like telling God, you know, I want to be a Christian, but you know what, but this is how I'm going to do it. Wow. Um, it just doesn't work like that. You know, I'm going to call Roger. I'm going to call Pastor Wade out there. Pastor, you know that you've pastored some great churches in Northeastern Conference. And and those churches stayed full, not because of Pastor Wade's preaching. It's because there are people in the church that he can look at and say, they're working, even if he's not. And I I don't see that a lot outside of Northeastern Conference. I'm going to be honest with you, because... You may find it in Florida and whatever, but I'm going to say this, that too often people are not working up to par because we as pastors give them a pass. I've done it. I've given people a pass and it's not the way to go. We've got to hold people accountable for what God is expecting from them. There are too many places in the word of God when Jesus tells us that, that you don't put your hand on the plow and turn back. You can't do it. And one of the reasons why we can't do it is because, and even if um, my, my brethren who are online right now, who are pastors, is because when you are plowing the field, you're plowing the field with seeds that have already been fallen. Mm. You see where I'm coming from? If you turn back, what's going to happen to the rest of the seeds? Mm. You see where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? You're, you're saying, I'll support you. What, you're going to put on, get pom-poms and support me as I push the plow and you sitting back there? No, it doesn't work like that. You you know, you you brought up you brought up an interesting point about the responsibility of the leader. I I remember um, pastoring a particular church in North America. I'll put it that way, because, you know, I've pastored on both both coasts. Um, And one I had, I I asked a, a member of another church to come play the organ for us because we didn't have an organist for the day. And, you know, there, his pastor actually called me on the carpet about it. And I was like, but that's up to the member. That, that, that's your, but he taught me that. This pastor, this senior pastor, taught me that it was his responsibility as the under-shepherd to watch out for his sheep. Come and on, to Dion. engage his sheep. Oh, Dr. Henry, you could have. Oh, <laughs> I was blown away because that's not how I learned it in school, or I, I didn't. I didn't see that, but I realized that if I am going to be their pastor and to engage them and get them moving, I have to. I have to kind of be jealous about it, just like how God is jealous about me. Absolutely, you, you're right. You're right. Can I can I offer a tool? Can I offer a tool if you don't mind? Please. Um, there's a tool that's called Community Church Builders. I don't know if any of you ever heard of it before, but the Potomac Conference used it about maybe six, seven years ago as a tool that we can keep in touch with our members and poll our members and uh, all kinds of things of that nature. Um, I know that it may be a little bit. I don't know how expensive it is. But we've used it for a couple of years now. I, I saw what someone said online, and uh, I think it's really important that we know who we're pastoring. One of the issues why we can't get certain things off the ground because we don't know who we're pastoring. A couple of people thought I was crazy, but when pandemic hit in, 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 in March, the first thing that I did was I got in my car and I went to members' homes and knocked on the door, went back in my car, 
And I said, I want you to, I just want you to see your pastor. Um, I call members, I put them on in my phone and I just text them, how are you doing today? This is not, this is, this is not a random call. This is me. I want to know how you're doing today. Check on birthdays, check on anniversaries, check on how they're doing at work. You know, these, this, this is what I did. And for three hours every day, I did work for three hours every day outside of the worship experience. And by the time that the worship experience is happening, they're coming on because if they are not being true to God, it's going to sound bad, family. They're at least going to be true to their leader. Mm. Do, do, do you understand what I just said? Not everybody comes to church because of God, you know, but if you're going to, if you're not coming for the Lord, to learn something, you're at least coming because your pastor made himself available to you. It may sound sacrilegious, pastors, but I need you to know that that's why God needs us to be him right now. See where I'm coming from. Um, so we've, we've got to still do the work that God is asking us to do. Um, no lazy pastors. God is not looking for lazy pastors. Could you not stay with me one hour? Could you not stay up with me one hour? You know, just one hour. And um, if we worked one hour on our membership, we could reach at least 15 people in an hour per day. Mm. 15 people. And we don't got to reach them by a phone call. It's a text. And if they don't text back, say, I'm texting you. <laughs> you know, this is your pastor texting you. And, uh, I think it's okay. You know, so if you have like 300 people in your church, Pastor Henry, or even, you know, you know, you should at least every month, at least every month, send out a text, even if it's a mass text, a mass text. I know this is a mass text, but I'm interested in each one of you. You understand where I'm coming from? Um, and I'm not downing anyone. I'm just saying that the pandemic is the time for us to do a, a special reaping. Um, you mentioned a lot of gems. What I'm hearing you say, Pastor, Pastor Graham, is membership engagement is so important for the pastor now, especially during the uh, pandemic. You mentioned some ways on how we can motivate members, and that is engaging them, teaching them. Are there any other ways in which we can motivate our members to let them know, hey, listen, there, there are some things that, that they can do now in, in COVID-19. Are there any other ways that you can think of how we can motivate our members besides you know, checking up on them and 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 really, you know, doing our pastoral duties by making sure, you know, we're there, we're involved, we're, you know, there to pray for them. We just just want to know how they're doing. Are there any other things that we can do? And and can I can I add something to that, Dr. Henry? So so the role of not, not just pastors, but you've got a lot of ministry leaders out there who are getting burnt out because they feel like they're doing it on their own. So sure, pastors, is there anything to say to pastors, but what about even the ministry leaders who are also trying to inspire and motivate team members to be engaged and to be involved right now? You know, if you did it right during church without the pandemic, you can do it better during the pandemic. Um, there, there was a young lady that ran our department. Uh, what is it called? Uh, not IT. Our sound, our sound, AV department. A young lady ran it, and there were not the same people every week. Every week was someone different. It was someone different every week. That helped for there being no burnout at all. 
there's some people who don't believe in burnout. They can work and it's what motivates them to keep going. I only know a couple of pastors like that. But I will surely say that some of the things that we can do, again, is knowing by at least putting out something to, to their emails uh, to find out what should I be doing better? You, you understand? People love to give advice. Pastor Dion, I guarantee you, you send it out to your church. What, what could I be doing better? You're going to get more of a feedback than you telling them what they should do. And you got to chew, chew, chew the meat and spit out the bones. And one of the things of my success, I believe in my success in ministry, is that I had people around me that were not afraid to be like, are you, are you crazy? You understand what I'm saying? So it is always good for membership involvement to take off when you ask them, how could I do this better? Or, or what, what could I do? They want to not just be involved, but they want to be heard. You see where I'm coming from. And once they are heard, they're 100% involved. One of the things I also want to add is that we need to be able to lead people to be leaders. Um, way too often, we're doing the we're, we're doing the Wednesday and Sabbath thing. We're still doing that during the pandemic. We don't need to do that during the pandemic. You can have a closed room because you know there are programs today that you can use. Uh, there's um, one that's called um, that I use. I apologize. I was saying that you can use something like Wirecast, like I use Wirecast. You can play a whole movie in a Zoom and not be, and and not have, uh, what's it called again? Uh, um, um, and not have infringements, uh, copyright infringements. Um, Wednesday, I mean, I mean Monday, you could have something for the kids to watch. Uh, you know, it's just a movie for the kids to watch at seven to seven forty-five. Uh, so the kids can see themselves. You understand where I'm coming from? On Tuesdays, you can have the women's ministry. Thir every Tuesday, the women's ministry is doing something. Wednesday, the church is at prayer session. F um, th uh, Thursday, it could be the pastor's time. The pastor, 7 to 8 o'clock. I'm going to be on. You have any questions? You just want to talk, and then I'll pray with you afterwards. I'm going one hour of your time. Um, Friday, it could be you can find another ministry that somebody else is doing. Put down resources. What we used to do at Restoration was say, listen, if this church is not doing it for you, we used to put out every week what other churches were doing so that you can find something to do. You see where I'm coming from? We don't have time to play, um, you know, who's better, who's a better pastor and who's a better so-and-so or this, that, and the other. There's no time for competition during um, um, the pandemic. Not at all. And so I really believe that if we are engaging the people every day, every day at least an hour every day we we look we're looking more and more like the um of, of the new testament church one beautiful idea that i always wanted to do but i left already was like find families that we really to we were willing to do zoom and eat together i see some of these millennials doing that my kid when she's eating her lunch her friend is eating her lunch at the same time. The other, they got six people on just eating their lunch at that time, just hanging out and talking. We could still have Sabbath dinner like that in the meantime. And I think that'd be beautiful. Grow groups. 
Uh, Dr. Paul, uh, let, let me just share one more thing with you. Wouldn't it be beautiful if you had, I'm just saying round table. I'm just saying pastor's round table. Let's just say community round table. And that same, that same logo, you find it in the lawn, on the lawn of someone's house. And then you find it in the, on the lawn of somebody else's house. And people are walking around your neighborhood. And in that neighborhood, every member of the church has pastor's round table on there in their lawn. You know, like I'm voting for so-and-so. It's in their lawn. And with a website under it, Saturdays, so-and-so. You know how many people would drive by and just write that down and take a picture of it and just be on to find out what this roundtable is all about? What if the pandemic would cause every Seventh-day Adventist, let me just put it that way, or people in your conference, to have a grow group, a grow group, and they put that group, you put a grow group, and people wonder what grow groups are all about. And when they hit it, they find that this is the one in my neighborhood. This is... You can start a revolution of grow groups, man. Because we're living in a pandemic. Because when it's over, God's going to ask, what did you doing, do with the free and reckoning time that I've given you? Wow. Wow. I I don't know. Uh, Pastor Paul, you, you're muted there. Let me see if I can help you out. All right, go ahead, Pastor Paul. Oh, okay. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here, man, and I'm thinking as you're talking about the Monday, Tuesday, exactly the Acts 2 church. And, and there were added to the church daily, mm. such as should be saved. Didn't say once a quarter when we do an evangelistic series. Didn't say once, a, you know, week when we do a church daily. And that's, that's a formula. That's a, a, an idea that just seems so powerful and so accessible right now powerful stuff great stuff great stuff yeah listen before, i'm sorry Pastor Wade, go yeah before we before we you know we, we're going to start winding down here our time is gone but we kept talking about engaging the members and the work that we have to put in pastors will have to put in to make it happen but what about those pastors who are working those pastors who are what 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 can you you know a lot of people say well COVID 19 slowed us down but to be honest with you I'm more busy than I was before COVID. Um, when you're on a Zoom or a, 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 or a live like this, people people can get you. They can call you and say, hey, can you come? And, and you say yes because you don't want to say no because ministry. So you're more busy. You know, I mean, I called you. Anyway, so, um, so <laughs> uh, what would you say to pastors who are, who are, who are, who are running? Um, what what advice can you give to them to help with the balance? Um, I think that during this COVID, it is okay to say. Let's let's let's, let's not talk about COVID. It's okay to take your rest, respite. Um, just slow down a little bit. One thing I've recognized in these three months, and I want to be very careful because uh, my president is a good man. My ministerial director is a good man. I'm not saying that just to say that, but they would say, why are you stressing yourself like that? Oh, slow it down a little bit. Um, being in this position, I've spent more time with my kids in the evenings than pastoring. Um, I would like to pastor again someday, um, but I have to say this, that, that pastors who are working the way that they're working Remember that your first family is your, if the first church is your family. I mean, come on, Raj, we talk about this time after time again, how, uh, you know, I almost lost my family, you know, 
and didn't realize that that's my family. That's my church first. So um, God will never give you a calling and allow your calling to um, not cover your family. Uh, so pastors who are doing the work, uh, pray. They should be in prayer. Um, they should have their families around them. They should take time to relax, sit down with a movie, take care of your health, get checked for your health. Um, because uh, um, an unhealthy pastor can bring about an unhealthy church. Wow. One thing I do also want to share, don't do the work because we want to be noticed. I used to do that all the time. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm, I'm not talking about, and look fam, I'm not talking about five years ago or four years ago or three years ago. I liked looking at my numbers fly when I'm online. I'm trying to tell you that that was such a selfish thing from Paul Graham. What I realized is that if God wants me to do something, he's doing it because he wants me to reach someone. And if only one person get it, then they got it. I think that pastors should not make themselves, um, if you're doing a good work, uh, um, um, you should be in competition with yourself and the Holy Spirit, not with other people, not at all. And so that's what I would say. Stay the course. Keep your hands on the plow. Uh, keep on moving. Um, um, because at the end of the day, the glory goes to God. Okay, can I share one thing with you? Do you know that most of the time, if we live long enough, if we, we, I'm talking about we, I'm talking about the four of us live long enough and we don't die in service, in service, we're not going to get accolades. You know how many pastors who've retired that I've seen at their funeral? There's like, there's like 40 people at their funeral. You, you ever notice that? If you notice the guys that retire, mm -hmm. they don't have gigantic funerals. They, they, they don't. We have to die in service. Mm. to get that kind of funeral wow 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 and and i've seen some funerals where i look at some great people do you remember even 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 elder brooks when elder brooks passed it wasn't jam-packed at sligo church Yo, man we we're just as good as our last sermon family you know what i'm saying all we got is our wives our children our close family friends and if you're lucky have a pastor friend who cares mm. if we're lucky. So to all the pastors who are listening, your best bet is to make God proud, keep your family close to you and look forward to the second coming of Christ. Wow. 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 Um, man, listen, Pastor Graham, man, wow. we love you, man. <laughs> we it's, love an you. Honor. it's an honor. <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all a, a secret. I'm going to tell y'all a secret before we go, before I you take my camera off. So I was talking to my brother the other day. I totally forgot that I was with you in the very beginning, that I was with you on a show in the very beginning. And I said to my brother, them, them old bums never even asked me to come on, man. They, they, I forgot, you know, and I cussed you all with, with Pat. You know, they got these good programs. They never call me, so-and-so, whatever. And like the next week, Raj calls and I'm like, oh God, I'm so sorry. I didn't cuss you guys up. <laughs> Remember, I forgot that you had me on first. You know, you had me on first. I just want to tell you, thank you for what you're doing. I watch Gary, uh, my brother, is always sharing this with others. Um, Pat usually doesn't have time because I'm just saying he doesn't have time because he's usually doing something. And I, you know, and 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 me too. But 
this is just so awesome. And thank you for taking the time out of you guys' busy schedule. People don't re recognize that when you do this, even during the pandemic, you're setting aside your time. You know, you guys are setting aside your time. Um, I know that I got to go, but I just want to, if you don't mind, I want to pray over the three of your lives um, before I go, because what you're doing is absolutely awesome, making sense. It is relevant and it is real. If you don't mind, if I could pray over your lives before I go. Please. Father God, I bring before you Dr. Dion, I bring before you Pastor Paul, I bring before you uh, Pastor Wade. And I ask you in a special way that as your Holy Spirit uh, urges them to do what they're doing now, may they uh, hold to the plow, may they push the plow, not only on their strength, but with your strength also. I'm asking you to be with their families. We know how the devil gets upset when we do the right thing. So I ask you, Lord, that you give them power like never before. And even though it's just a few of us watching, I beg of you, God, that we'll be satisfied because you are watching. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Elder, it has been a joy and a privilege. Thank you so much for your, your presence with us today. Thank you for that prayer. Um, and we want you to know that both we here at the Pastors Roundtable and our audience, that we're lifting you up in prayer, particularly as you engage this this new ministry, this new assignment that you've taken on. And, and then I think it's been clear to all of us today, the, the anointing that God has placed on you to do the work that, that you're doing now. Um, just from listening to you today, the, the, the life and the encouragement that I think that you are breathing into pastors and their homes and their ministries and the laypersons alike. Um, we want you to know that we, we, we appreciate you and that we are lifting you up as well. And thank you so very much. God bless. God bless. Amen. Amen. Thank you, pa Pastor Graham, again. And uh, we'll, we'll call you again. Just hold on. <laughs> you, 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 uh, you we just we just tapped the top of the iceberg. And uh, we just thank God for your willingness and availability to be with us today. Um, I know a lot of folks are trying to figure out what's next. Where do we go? Where do we take this next? Um, Pastor Henry, any ideas? Where are we going next, next week? What, what, what topic maybe we'll be talking about next week? Listen, man, you better inform me what's going on next week, man. <laughs> oh, Lord. Sound like someone didn't read the script. Someone didn't read the script, but that's all right. That's all right. We are next week. It says we are crushing the social media platforms for churches next week. If I'm reading my paper right, you're <laughs> dealing with next week. There are churches that are out there that are doing social media and doing it well. And I know when we hear social media, we think Facebook and YouTube, but there's a whole lot of others that are out there. Um, we want to expose you to some of those next week. We want to expose you to some churches that are doing just an awesome job in social media. If you've got a, a, a tech team, if you've got a church that just wants to expand your reach in social media, you need to be here next week. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, join our Facebook page, uh, the group page, actually, the Pastors Roundtable group page, and share your ideas there. We'll be dropping some uh, some more resources in that group. Uh, we'll share a little bit of what Pastor Paul shared with us um, that he's using in his in his uh, context. And uh, hopefully we'll have some others from around uh, the North American division. But we thank you again for being here with us. Want you remember that we are going to be back here again in this space at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central next week. Next week we'll be back here. So thank you for joining us at the Pastors Roundtable where we aim 
We aim <laughs> to help your help you keep ministry We're aiming. relevant, resourced, and real. God bless you all. All righty. God bless. <laughs>